Radio. Both this Sunday's readings and also last Sunday's readings are preparing for this week, uh, helping us to see Jesus Christ as the King of the universe. And this we do this, the church does this at the end of the liturgical year, so to prepare us for Advent, which is preparing for the little infant coming at Christmas. And that way we can help connect this infant with the king of the whole universe. How do we know what sort of king he is, though? Pilate's quite confused. Um, the Jews were quite confused. Uh, how do we know who he is, why he is king, and what that means? The key is in the book of Daniel. And I want to have a look at the book of Daniel uh, particularly at chapter 2, chapter 7, and chapter 9, and how the Jews of the day read that, because it was a very commonly read book, and why they were awaiting this Messiah figure, and so how they understood Jesus is coming. We heard in the first reading and the second reading about a Son of Man coming on the clouds. Last Sunday's Gospel, we heard Jesus Christ himself say, the Son of Man will come on the clouds. And he often called himself the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. Why did he say this? Because he was linking himself to this prophecy in Daniel, these three prophecies. In the second chapter, King Nebuchadnezzar has just taken the Jews from their homeland in Judah, and they're in exile in Babylon, about the year... 500 to 600 BC. And after he's taken them, he has this dream. And he tells his whole kingdom, calls all the wise men of the kingdom, if anyone can tell me this dream, then I will glorify them, I'll raise them up, I'll give them many gifts. But if the wise men, if you can't tell me my dream and what it means, then you're all going to die. And none of them know the dream, so none of them can tell him what it means or make anything up. And they're all afraid they're going to die. But then Daniel, who has been taken with the Jews, says, don't worry. He prays. And then God reveals to him what the dream was and what it means. He goes to King Nebuchadnezzar and he says, O king, before you went to bed, your mind turned to future things and what would be to come. And then as you fell asleep, you dreamt of a great statue, a statue with a head of gold, a chest of silver, a belly of bronze, legs of iron, and feet made partly of iron and partly of clay. And then you saw a stone cast by no hand come and strike the foot of that statue, and the whole thing came crumbling down and became like nothing but dust. Yet that little stone grew and became a mountain which encompassed the whole world. And he says, that was your dream, now I'll tell you what it means. You and the kingdom of Babylon is that golden head. After you will come a kingdom not as great as you, that is a silver chest. Then after that, a kingdom of bronze. Then after that, a kingdom hard as iron, which will go crunching things that in its path. And then that kingdom will become corrupt and will be partly of iron but partly of clay and it will be weakened. And then 
God will raise forward a new kingdom which will destroy all the kingdoms before it and will raise up and will last forever. That is your dream and that is interpretation. Now, the Jews, 500 years later, would look back and they saw the Babylonian Empire, which encompassed the whole known world, and then that fall, and the Persians came up, a kingdom not as great. Then after the Persians, the Greeks, with Alexander the Great, who took over the whole known world. In that time, the two books of Maccabees, the last books of the Old Testament, were written when they were under the Greek persecution. Then after the Greeks came the Romans, as hard as I am. And then in the corrupt time of the Roman Empire, they were looking forward to a new king coming that would last forever. And they were very sure of this because there were two other prophecies that connected and confirmed this. In the seventh chapter of Daniel, Daniel himself has a dream this time. And he dreams of four great beasts, a lion, a bear, a leopard, and then a great beast with ten horns and iron teeth munching things under its path. And then after that, the very reading we heard today, he gazed into the vision of the night and he saw a one of great age sitting on his throne. And coming to the one of great age on his throne, one like a son of man coming on the clouds. And to him was given all sovereignty, glory and kingship. And he would rule all nations forever. Who's the one of great age sitting on the throne? Our Heavenly Father. And the one coming to the Father with all sovereignty and kingship, coming on the clouds, one like a son of man, the Son, Jesus Christ. And those four beasts, the same four kingdoms. Not only this, the Jews also had a time frame. Jesus Christ in his life fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. But of those only th over 300 prophecies, only one gave a time frame. And that was in the ninth chapter of Daniel. In that ninth chapter, Daniel has a vision. And this time he is visited by the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel appears only twice in Scripture. Here and denunciation. The angel Gabriel says to him, says, because he's praying, when are we going to be able to go back home to our homeland? We're in exile. The angel comes and says, do not be afraid. God will come soon. He'll visit you, his people, and take you home. And then he will come and visit you properly and establish as a great kingdom over the whole earth. And this will happen in 70 weeks of seven years. Now, it's a bit confusing for us, but that's Hebrew speak for 70 times 7 years, and that's 490 years. So after 500 years, now we know why in Jesus' time the Jews were so, so much expecting the Messiah. There were even the zealots, and the zealots became militaristic in expecting this Messiah. There were men claiming to be the Messiah before Jesus came. It became to such a feverish pitch because they had... 
They knew they were in the Roman rule, like the fourth kingdom. They knew it was over 490 years. They were expecting a Messiah, Messiah meaning anointed one, meaning king, to come and establish the Jewish people as kingship over the whole world. Simon, one of the apostles, was a zealot himself. Jesus came and Jesus said, yes, I am the son of man. I am the one coming on the clouds. I am establishing my kingship. He has to correct their thinking. My kingship, though, is not of this world. My kingship is one of truth, one of love and peace. It's not one of militaristic might. Because those kingdoms come and they go. They rise and they fall. Mine rises and it stays. See, our hope, our joy, is that Jesus Christ comes in the midst of the worst of sufferings, in the Roman times. He comes in the worst of suffering in our own life. He comes in the worst of suffering when our society is at its worst. And that is when he comes most powerfully. Why? Because his kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom transcends every political and militaristic might of this world. It is deeper. And it transfuses through every aspect of our society. Because he is truly Lord and nothing can overcome him because it cannot be overcome by militaristic might. And today we have a continued hope. One third of the world's population follow this man who is God. 2.4 billion people are given hope day by day, knowing that Jesus Christ is our Lord. Knowing that even when I can't do things, when my life is falling apart, he is in control. And he loves me. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.